The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Thanks for joining us. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Great show planned for you today. In just a second, we'll take a look at the week in review, and a little later, we'll hear more about the sandwich generation. It's tough when you're taking care of children and aging parents, and it takes good planning, and Annex Wealth Management can help. Also, remarriage takes great estate planning, and we'll dig into that. Toward the end of the show, a closer look at what exactly goes into a comprehensive financial plan, what it is and what it isn't. Stick around for that. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, joined by Derek Felsky. Derek is our Chief Investment Officer at Annex. Hello, pal. Hi, Dave. So we have a lot going on. There's no question we have to start with the week in review. And, of course, on Friday afternoon, a lot of red. It's the first time we've seen red for the week in uh, several weeks. Right. This is the first down week in the last five. Uh, the markets obviously had a huge rebound with the NASDAQ recovering over 20% from its lows and the S&P roughly 19%. And essentially, a lot of the things that I think triggered that rally started to reverse this week. We saw gasoline prices start to move back up a little bit, oil prices as well. Uh, we saw mortgage rates start to tick up, and the two-year Treasury is now trading at almost 3%. So some concern about higher interest rates. And next week, of course, we have Jackson Hole, where we may hear about the intentions of the Fed. Yeah, and so, of course, that is a lot of information. And on Friday afternoon, we got news that Russia is going to decrease its output out of Nord Stream. And of course, that has a dramatic effect on Germany and Europe as a whole. So energy was something we were paying attention to. But of course, the Fed is really where we want to spend some time because that that certainly will be the topic of conversation in Jackson Hole coming up this week. And, and they've been fairly consistent. Um, this week, we heard from Bullard. He suggested that he's leaning towards another 75 basis point uh, rate hike. Uh, Neil Kashkari, who actually was a dove, is now seemingly a hawk. So the Fed continues to jawbone interest rates higher, uh, talking about the challenges of just destroying enough demand to curb inflation. Yeah. And of course, that is the center of the conversation, inflation. And of course, we saw the Inflation Reduction Act. And folks, I'm using air quotes here now because we're on radio. And there isn't a lot of evidence that there is a lot of inflation reducing parts of this bill. Right. And there's also spending accompanied as well as tax increases. So, you know, I view it kind of as a wash in terms of its market impact. Uh, But some people took that to believe that, you know, the fiscal spending will continue, even though the Fed is trying to reduce liquidity and cause interest rates to go up to the point where inflation and you know, and, and just liquidity stimulus in general is lessened. Yeah, that's right. And so, of course, the Fed is trying to continue to raise interest rates to slow down the economy, and that has a lagged effect. And so there's a term that we've been using lately that has not been around for 30 or 40 years, and that is a stagnant economy and inflation at the same time, stagflation. And we've seen that term pop up a lot this last week. Right. You're not slowing growth with, with inflationary pressures. I mean, thus far, inflation is actually goose corporate or 
sales, which has helped earnings. But, you know, if inflation gets too high, that's a, that's a period when you typically see lower P.E. multiples, which even though earnings have remained uh, basically flat, has contributed to the majority of the decline in stocks we've seen this year. And we've had this uh, debate, of course, of, you know, this this terminology that's been out there. Were we in a recession or were we not? We know a generally accepted uh, understanding of a recession was two back-to-back quarters of negative GDP. And we saw that, but a lot of economists want to argue against that. And now the conversation happening this week is, are we in a new bull market or a bear market rally? Right. And, and you can make a case either way. I mean, one of the you know things we talk about every week, Dave, as you know, on the investment committee is what we want our allocation to equities to be relative to what we consider to be an appropriate target to generate uh, good risk-adjusted returns, and we're basically relatively neutral. I mean, we we have an eye to increase our allocation, but we like to do that, uh, you know, on weakness, not on strength, because we believe a lot of the clouds that have caused the market to decline this year are still present. And that's right, and that's the reason why, folks, you have to know what is in your portfolio. You should know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. That means we handle your investment and retirement planning, your tax planning, and your estate planning with a financial plan built for you that includes every aspect of the Annex team. Most importantly, we are a fee-only fiduciary, and that means complete fee transparency. In the meantime, if we can help, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. We're going to be right back. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website is AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button, and you can check out our webinar series when you click the Events tab on our website. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Derek, you know, we had so much that we covered in the week in review. We kind of flew over a lot of the things that we've been talking about the entire week, and that, of course, is sectors that, that we pay attention to oil, inflation, the U.S. dollar, and of course, and where do we invest with that information? Right. And, you know, one of the linchpins to our approach has been to focus on on tactical opportunities where they exist. So, you know, to us, technology stocks still remain very attractive. And by that, I mean technology companies that are, you know, enterprise-centric, uh, have, a, have a good uh, predominance on the on the cloud and so on, not companies that trade for, you know, high sky high multiples of sales and don't earn any money. In addition to that, you know, we've we've liked healthcare for the long haul too. The demographics remain very favorable. Uh, demand tends to, to stay fairly consistent no matter what the economic cycle. And there are a lot of pent up procedures that did not occur during COVID. And let me just jump in and let me just jump in there. You know, I, I read a great article uh, by Goldman Sachs this past week about all of the great demand putting those two sectors together, healthcare and technology, and that is so much of biotech and everything that's in that industry. So there is a lot to be excited about. I didn't want to cut you off because there's some more that, uh, sectors that you want to pay well, attention to. Well, and it's to. really where the United States differentiates itself from the rest of the world. When we think about why international stocks have underperformed the U.S., I think one of the biggest reasons is they do not have a big tech sector at all, and the source of innovation in healthcare has been in the United 
United States, not overseas. So, you know, when people continue to say, well, international stocks are cheap, maybe they're cheap for a reason. Yeah, that's right. And that is obviously the argument of value for a long time. And then we have to look at energy and where energy is going and, you know, what is happening with oil prices. And, you know, it's a commodity, of course. And so we're not really sure. It's not like you can put a valuation on it, but there's so many inputs in that. We, you know, we've read reports that it's going to $180 a barrel and back to 60. So it's difficult to invest in that sector unless you buy the individual names. Right. And as as you alluded to, um, you know, Putin is weaponizing energy. It's one way for him to fight the idea that, you know, the East is, is supplying the Ukrainians with missiles, so he'll use that as an excuse to cause problems for Germany and the UK. UK inflation is going to be north of 13% this year, which is another reason why you know the US has been sort of an oasis, because the odds of a recession over there are much higher than they are here. Yeah, and Europe has got a lot going on. I mean, all the way from the rail strikes and everything else in inflation, as you said, is you know way worse than it is in the United States. And we talk about a recession in the United States, you also have to talk about a global recession, and we do have to put that on, on the alert screen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, typically you don't see the end of a bear market until you see both PE multiples and earnings shrink, and we really haven't seen that in the case of earnings. Uh, we've, we've seen some negative guidance. There were some more companies this week, like Wayfair announced layoffs, Best Buy announced layoffs, but the one thing they have common is they, they actually benefited greatly during the pandemic, so perhaps they overhired, thinking demand would remain sustainable. So you got to look for other areas, areas that are less exploited, like hotels, theme parks, and the rest, where there's some revenge travel going on, and those companies have pricing power. Yeah, revenge travel. You know, the last thing I wanted I want to get to, of course, is there was good news, and of course, the market has certainly rallied. You know, the Nasdaq uh, did enter technically a bull market, up 20 percent from trough to peak, and the S&P 500 not far behind, about 17 percent before it gave some of it back. And so there was good news uh, by some companies, and even in the retail sector. Absolutely. It really depends on how you're positioned. Home Depot and Walmart both reported better than expected results. Uh, Kohl's actually threw a kitchen sink at their quarter, in my opinion. They basically dramatically lowered their estimates. But, you know, some of their initiatives like the Sephora thing are actually starting to pay some dividends. And that's a stock that it's going to take a lot of patience, but it certainly is uh, very cheap at the current time. And so we don't want to talk about individual names. It has to fit into your portfolio. But we're talking about the retail sector uh, in general. And really, that's been a sector that has really gotten beat down. And we go through and we build portfolios. There's a core part of the portfolio, say it's a 60-40 or 70-30 split. And then around that, we do what's called tactical investing in overweight or underweight in some of these sectors. And that's the reason why we bring it up. And that's the reason why you need a fee-only fiduciary on your side. Every family is different, and each one has challenges. If you're balancing raising kids and helping with aging parents, you're in what's called the sandwich generation. Deanne Phillips shares some insights in our next segment. And when it comes to investment and retirement planning, it's important to know what you own and what you're paying for. it. There are so many moving pieces when it comes to successful retirement planning, and we can help. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. We're going to be right back. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, for Sunday, August 21st on 92.5 Fox News. 
Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference in a segment addressing the sandwich generation. Deanne Phillips sees it a lot. Welcome back, Deanne. Hi, Danny. So as Director of Client Learning and Development, you're a CFP, CDFA, a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. You work with a wide variety of clients, and you see it. The sandwich generation can be a tough spot. And we're talking about basically an estimated 9 million sandwich generation caregivers having to care for generations on either side. So you see both. Yeah. So it sounds delicious, but let's define that. What it really means is you've got people usually in their 40s or 50s that are taking care of maybe older parents and sometimes grandparents and either kids or grandkids. So you can have a multi-layer deck sandwich in there, Danny, and you've got people that are trying to juggle their own families and jobs and their own finances and assisting family members. I know you did. You had to go through this. That I is mean, true. You, you've got a teenager and you had an aging mom and an aging aunt. So you we're doing this. That is that is very true and running back and forth. And you know, there's the juggle of you've got, you've got work and you have to have an understanding workplace. It depends upon your career. A lot of this happens to women tend to be the primary caretakers. And it happens at that prime apex of your career as well, usually, unfortunately. You know, you say primary caretakers, but that doesn't mean full-time caregivers, like somebody employed at a care facility, this is running back and forth, oh, getting getting meds, get, talking with, with doctors. The sandwich generation caregivers are balancing full-time as well, and it's got to impact both sides. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. New statistics show that a third of those caregivers live in the same house as their parent, or their parent lives with them, and they need to have backup and help for that parent while they're out either taking care of their own family or working. You know, that's kind of the European way, right? Gen- yeah. Generations are under one room. And the other thing is, is that people are having children sometimes later in life. That's kind of pushing things down the track. So you've got kids as your parents are definitely getting into that age when they really are starting to fail. That is very true. And failing in maybe a different way. It might not be uh, physically failing, could be mentally. So about 25% of dementia caregivers are also caring for children under the age of 18. Now that's a tough thing. You know, let's translate that into what we do here at Annex and what we see as planners and I see as a CFP all the time where people come and they sit in front of me and say, all right, (laughs) I've lived this or I've seen this. How can I not be a burden on my own children? Mm. And that's a really great question. So how can I save? How can I plan for myself? This is really, Danny, where financial planning is so incredibly valuable. You know, at Annex, we look in terms of wealth management. We talk about that's really the holistic look at everything. It's all your financial resources your income, social security, pensions. We look at all the outflows, our needs like housing, food, fuel, and our wants, right? Important. Uh, The travel, the fun money, you know, that we want to do, the entertainment that's in retirement. We plug all that into the financial plan, offset it for inflation, and look at projections of where the assets will go in 10, 20, 30 years. But here's the important thing. Then 
we stress test that financial plan. Mm. So we say, all right, we'd all like to live happily and healthily until we're 91 and then, you know, that go in our sleep, right? But we have to actually layer in some reality here that what if, if you're a couple, one of you or both of you were hit with a long-term care need or a premature death? What does that do to the surviving spouse? How does that uh, deal with the finances in the plan? So it's really important to stress test that. Sure, because you can chug along and in my dad's case, I mean, he went well into his mid-80s. It was just those last couple of years when all of a sudden, and he had planned. He was a client. He had planned and so we knew that if his care cost X, that could be taken care of. And that was that was huge. It is huge. But you know, I also want to bring up that the care can run the other way also. So we're, we've been talking about aging parents but there's an awful lot of millennials that are choosing to go back home mm. in between okay. school or before their career or in between their career. And that can have and put a burden on people that are just pre-retirement as well. So, uh, and, and especially, it can stress family finances, but we see even more than the finances, the psychological stress. Because parents are sometimes afraid to lay down the law with their adult children and say, all right, let's have some expectations. Let's let's see where they're going to kick in in terms of chores or sharing financially and responsibility around the home. So what we advocate, whether it's uh, looking down at the sandwich or up at the sandwich, right, are family meetings. Really understand before something, I don't want to say disaster, before a situation strikes, right? Before your hand is really forced and you need to make very quick, very rapid decisions, decisions that you might want a little bit more time to take. Absolutely. So let's talk about parents for a moment. You know, talk to your parents about their assets. Ask them about how they want to live as they age. Maybe they're not comfortable saying how much money they have. That's fine. But they should be able to share with you, have they done their estate plan? You know, who should make the medical and financial decisions for them if they can't handle their own affairs? Are all the legal docs in place before they're needed? That health care, POA, financial power of attorney, the HIPAA agreements and the wills. And, you know, speaking of HIPAA and health care, those adult children need that, too, because once they're over the age of consent, the uh, health care facilities don't need to contact parents. It takes planning. It takes a pro like Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA, and a veteran of a sandwich generation situation. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. In the middle there. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? Annex Wealth Management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. And that ranges from starting people on simple path like Annex Ignite all the way to services designed for business executives and their unique needs, and we do everything in between. Joining me, several members of the Annex team. Let's welcome back Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you, Danny. And Wealth Manager Keith Butler. Hey, Keith. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, so I wanted to take this time and introduce you, Keith, and we really appreciate you joining the team. We're excited to have you here. Your background is great. You spent a lot of time working in in a lot of great areas of financial planning, but one area you and I have talked a lot about is business succession planning and some of the things you've seen there. You know, what are the types of business succession planning you've seen over your career? Well, I've seen pretty much the gamut. It ties hand in hand with estate planning, which was my, a big background of mine, and 
One thing is if you have co-owners, that presents a whole unique situation because with co-owners who are not family members, they need to work together to create a plan. Plan for the buyout, how to fund a buyout, what triggers that, like is it death, disability? But the more interesting is a family-owned business. And that opens up a whole myriad of personal and professional issues that people have to cope with. Um, You can pass it to directly. You can give it to them during lifetime. You could sell it to them. You could leave it upon death or combination of a gift and sale. When you think back to some of these different transitions you've helped guide people through over your career, what has been some of the major pitfalls you've encountered or seen people encounter as they've started to go down these roads and you've said, well, we, we need to take a step back uh, because of X, Y, or Z? What, what have you seen the most common? Yeah, I've been really lucky in many respects and that a lot of the transitions of business to family members have worked out really well through the luck of the draw, uh, very successful businesses. But where I've seen a problems come up are for people that dominated the business. For example, let's say you have a chef who owns a restaurant and he passes away unexpectedly. All of a sudden, nobody knows what to do. Who's in charge? Where I've seen the problem arise is where you have a, a dominant owner business and they didn't make a plan to say, okay, if we have an unexpected bad health event, if we have a sudden death, what happens? Who turns on the lights? And, I, and in, in a real unfortunate situation with a, with a restaurant that just closed for a little while. And as I learned at the time, restaurants lose a lot of value if they're not sold as a golden concern. Talking about business succession planning, joined by Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and a brand new member of the Annex team, Keith Butler. When you think about it, from a valuation standpoint, at what time and what is the best way? Is it annually start looking at valuations of the firms? Is it every couple of years? When should firms and, and business owners start looking at valuation and actually start even this whole process? That's a great question. And particularly the case where you have unrelated co-owners who have some sort of a buyout agreement, stock redemption agreement, they're often called, cross-purchase agreement. I recommend every three years looking at it, unless there's been an event. There may be an event that caused the business to go up in value or decrease in value, unfortunately, over that time. So I would say every three years would be a rule of thumb without something else intervening. When you think about this, so, so every three years, family transitions, at what time should somebody sit down? At what point in their career should they sit down and actually start this planning? Because I have encountered over my career a lot of folks who come to us and they're like, I want to retire next year. And I feel like that's a little late in the game to start the business transition process. When is the best time to start that? Um, The day after you open your business. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, uh, it's something you need to think about immediately. And especially if, again, if we go back to a family-owned business, you definitely want to get that planning done. And you want to have communication. Because one thing I found is that people are often surprised by their family. And it can be in either direction. I've seen business owners fret and fret because, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think Brandon should run my company, but what is his sister going to think? And then when you finally have the conversation after fretting about it for three years, she's like, yeah, of course he runs it. On the other hand, you may be able to unearth some problems you didn't dream existed. You may be thinking, ah, they're, they get along great, everything will be fine. Whereas when you have the conversation, you flesh out some things that really then need to be addressed. So there, there's no time that's too soon. That, that's certainly true. You know, lastly, there's a lot of considerations that go into this from value, from timing, from all of those aspects of it. But what are some of the key considerations that you say, if you're talking to a new client, that is the most important things to consider right now? I would say, especially if this is a unrelated owners, how do you want to value this thing? 
because the first instinct is, hey, if I decide to leave, I helped build this company, I want to get my value out. But maybe it's not you that's the one that's leaving. So if you leave a, a valuation, if you just leave during lifetime, that's too high. It may be a real burden on the business or the surviving shareholder uh, to buy out. So I think that's one of the biggest things right there is to talk about what are these triggering events? Leave, just leave voluntarily. You retire. You die. Because there can be a very different answer as to how you value it. For instance, for death, you have life insurance. So there's a way of funding it. You can't buy insurance for somebody just leaving. Good stuff. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and as you've heard, significant experience guiding the unique needs of business executives, company owners. Keith, thank you for joining us. A pleasure. And Brandon Lehman, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney with Annex. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Uh, we dot I's, we cross T's here at Annex Wealth Management when it comes to our clients. Details matter, and really in your world for sure with estate planning, plenty of details to watch, including some gotchas. We're going to talk about remarriages with seniors, right? So great divorces on the upswing. People find love again. There are steps people should take to make sure everything goes smooth, right? Absolutely. Um, it, it's something that, yes, we see a lot more of nowadays. But, you know, it's not just the remarriage where there's some gotchas, right? You got to rewind and go all the way back to maybe the initial divorce that happened where part of your estate plan can really get thrown off the rails if you don't do things at that point. Time. All right. What should somebody do with an estate plan when they're contemplating, initiating, and finalizing a divorce? If you had an estate plan, what you want to make sure you do is a lot of times those get drafted in a way that it says, I leave my assets to my spouse. So if there is a divorce that's happened and it's been finalized, those provisions kind of become null and void as it relates to the spouse. So that's really good for wills, maybe even trusts or the powers of attorney, but that doesn't catch beneficiary designations or jointly owned property with that now ex-spouse. While you may not need to update legal documents on the divorce, you got to do some other stuff because otherwise bad things can happen. There's enough havoc in the whole divorce thing. Do you do this right after, during, part of, when? It depends, right? Some people, they're contemplating divorce, so they're already starting to separate assets or they've changed their estate plan because they know where they're headed, right? So some people are really proactive. Others, it's more, it becomes an after the fact situation. I think that's what we see more often is, is we're divorced now I want to make sure I'm providing for my kids or whoever my beneficiaries that I want to have happen. So we need to go and get the plan updated. Time heals all wounds. The dust is settled. 
you meet somebody new, things look great, uh, you're contemplating remarriage. What does one need to think about then? Well, you know, I'm going to use the word prenuptial agreement, right? And that has a lot of negative connotations around it because people think you're doing a prenup to protect assets or maybe there's one really wealthy spouse and maybe one that's not. You're not really doing it in contemplation of another divorce, though. What you're doing is is you're protecting rights because with marriage, there comes inherent rights by statute that a spouse is entitled to so much upon death. So if that's not what you want to have happen because you've got children from a prior marriage or other things that are happening, you want to do that prenup so that the two of you contracted with each other as to who gets what when you pass away. And I'm guessing each spouse then does need to then update their estate plan. Do they do it as a thing that's together or are they separate or what? Yeah. So once you actually say I do, right, and you get remarried, then it's a matter of if you did that prenup, you want to go and make sure the estate plan gets updated to reflect that. Some attorneys will actually represent both sides in that situation to do the estate plan, but other attorneys are very adamant about they each need to have their own attorney to be separately represented because there is an inherent conflict of interest there. If you think about it, right, your new spouse and the children from a prior marriage, what are the odds that they're going to get along, especially after you're gone? What you're really doing is is you're protecting both sides of the equation so that you are providing for what you want to have happen and what you want your spouse to receive, and you're protecting the rights of what you want your kids to receive. So it's written down. It's all legally documented. There's enforceable rights there. Then both sides are protected, and you're leaving it. You're kind of closing the door to arguments that could happen after the fact. Let's talk about the critical stuff, and I'm going to guess that falls under things like beneficiary designations, maybe titling of assets. That's important. It really is. And what you think about often is going to be that marital house, right? Mm. So maybe the two of you went and bought a new house together for your new remarried life, and you're both on the deed. So is it something that you want your kids to get your half of that house when you pass away? Do you want your spouse to get the house so that then she can do whatever she wants with it upon her passing? What do you actually want to have happen with that house? The titling is one component of it, but it's upon death. Where do you want it to go? So that's a big one that people kind of have some hiccups over. And the other one that I've seen happen in real life is going to be beneficiary designations on 401ks, life insurance. I've seen it where it's actually still payable to the ex-spouse. No way. Absolutely. Did they take the money? You bet they did. Oh, they did. Because unfortunately, those are are contracts. And so you go to your 401k provider and it's a contract. And you signed and said, my ex-spouse is the beneficiary has nothing to do with whether she's a spouse or not. And so by law, legal right, she can take it and she doesn't have to give it back to anybody else, whether it's the new spouse, children, whatever. So it gets to be really, really messy if you leave those old 401ks out there. Annex Wealth Management, we do investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and as you just heard, lots of detail with estate planning. That's what we do. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Jill Martin, estate planning attorney. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome.
Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You hear a lot about Roth IRA conversions, and that's when you take a taxable distribution from a traditional IRA and you convert it to a Roth IRA. And that is way too simple of an explanation. Is it right for you? As always, it depends on your situation. Eric Strom is Financial Planning Manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Eric. Hi, Danny. Tom Burkholz is a CFP and Financial Planning Specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Tom. Hey, Danny. Eric, how about a quick definition of how the Roth IRA came to be? How would I operates compared to a regular IRA? Well, Roth IRAs are relatively new. They were introduced in 1997, named after Senator William Roth. Here's how they work, Danny. You actually don't get a tax deduction when you put money into a Roth IRA. That's what makes it different from the traditional. But once you have the money in there, it grows tax-free. And if you play by the rules, it actually comes out tax-free as well. And that's why financial planners like them so much. Do you find that people, when they're younger, don't want to pay that tax now? They're gonna, they push it down the tracks. And in that why we're kind of in this situation? Yeah, actually, I think you're right. Yeah, we do see that. Tom, what's the rule of thumb when deciding to do a Roth conversion? Or is that way too broad of a question? Well, a generic rule of thumb is simply a question of, do you think between now and your death, will taxes be higher or lower? If the answer is higher, many people choose to pay the taxes now, lock in today's rates with a Roth conversion, and insulate themselves from future tax rate hikes. But you know what's interesting? A lot of clients have told me, if I could just go back in time, I would have invested more into my Roth. But the reality is, like Eric mentioned, the Roth was created in 1997, and even today, a lot of 401ks don't even offer a Roth option. That is some of the appeal of a Roth conversion because it's not about what happened in the past. It's about what you can do today to alleviate future taxes. I believe you're somewhere in your 20s. Do you fight this battle? I do. Personally, I, I try to establish tax diversification now. So in the future, I'm in a good spot. I think you're smarter than the average bearer. Eric, is there a possibility that tax rates rise? How does it affect the conversation about the conversion? Well, first of all, we already know that tax rates are rising. Because at the end of 2025, the lower tax rates that we've had from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act are expiring. So we know already tax rates are going up. However, a lot of people think we're seeing all this new spending. We're seeing the debt of the nation increasing. And with all of that, we might see higher tax rates in the future. And that absolutely affects the conversion discussion. Because if you think tax rates are going to be higher, that's what makes the conversion more appealing today. And what's that saying about death and taxes, right? We, we know those two things will happen. Yes, we That's certainly right. do. Talking about Roth conversions and how we approach them on behalf of our clients at Annex Wealth Management. Tom, what's a ballpark? I'm curious, how many Roth conversions do we do in a typical year? Yeah, we do hundreds of conversions for our clients every year. And usually the goal is the same. It's tax diversification because just like how investors want diversification in a portfolio with stocks and bonds and potentially other assets, additionally, a portfolio in theory should have proper tax diversification as well. What I mean by that is a portion in taxable assets, a portion deferred pre-tax, and some tax-free. But really, to answer your question, something I really pride myself on the financial planning team here at Annex is we take a very comprehensive, detail-oriented approach to Roth conversion. So we're not giving blanket advice that you should always do this or never do that. We really let the math tell us what makes sense. 
Eric Strom is financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Tom Burkholz is a CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex. Is there potential for unintended consequences with Roth IRAs? I mean, does that affect Medicare premiums, things like that? Yes, and it's, it certainly does affect Medicare premiums, as one example. And I will say that the unintended consequences, that's almost why Tom and I and others have a job, because it's so darn complicated. You mentioned Medicare premiums. Your Part B and Part Part D, Medicare premiums, depend on your income. So if you start voluntarily accelerating taxes into this year with a Roth conversion, that can really up your Medicare premiums. And then there's other obstacles as well. There's net investment income taxes, an example. That's an extra tax that higher income earners can face. So we are always trying to navigate all of those different obstacles in addition to the tax brackets themselves to decide about conversions. Tom, how about clients who have already begun taking Social Security benefits or required IRA distributions? Do Roth conversions have an effect there? Great question. Like a lot of things in finance, it depends. A Roth conversion can really be thought of as artificially receiving more income because you're paying the taxes on it. So someone with income from these other sources do have to weigh the pros and cons of potential consequences of a conversion in any given year, like Eric was alluding to. Another big thing is tax torpedoes. So sometimes if you do a Roth conversion, you subject your Social Security to additional taxes or even bump your capital gains rate up or phase yourself out of certain tax credits you want to receive. So it's really good to get a customized calculation for every tax year before completing a Roth conversion. And we'd like to help you through that process, folks. We sure do it for our clients for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? The website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Burkholz, CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. And Eric Strom, financial planning manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Brandon Lehman, CFP, Wealth Manager, and Director of Branch Development. Welcome back. Danny. Part of the process of working with Annex Wealth Management is our complimentary portfolio review. We do insurance analysis for our clients. We have Wealthmetric, a great look at what's next for our clients. Tax planning is part of our service to our clients. Estate planning is also part. But Brandon, none of those things is financial planning. Why not? Well, it's really because if you're just looking at each of those individually, you're looking at it in a vacuum, right? So how does each impact one another? Prime example, for instance, is insurance. I'm picking on insurance because when you look at it, just stand alone, it might make sense or it might not. You might have had a recommendation to do X, but do they know about everything else? That's where you really need to take and start tying it all in together. If you think about it, all of them are important by themselves, but when you tie it in together, it's what's important to you. Not just important as a topic, but important to you. You find that most people, as they age, they probably get insurance first. Maybe they're investing a little bit. You have insurance even in your twenties, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I. I mean, let's be honest. I have a. I have term. I have a family. I have a mortgage. There's things that you have to cover. So we all, we all start there, but then you have to think about how that impacts everything else as well. That's one piece. Let's talk about another piece, which is investment planning. So investment planning, you know, we're all taught at an early age. You know, put it in the four hundred one k save. But how are you doing that? 
is it the most effective? Is it the most efficient way? I look at, you know, are you getting the full match? Are you at least getting the full match? Are you putting enough to get that? Are you maxing out? What percentage goes into Roth 401k versus traditional 401k if you have that? But you don't know the answer to that unless you dive into the rest of the stuff that we're talking about today. You know what? And I called it investment planning earlier. That's not investment planning. That is just plain old investing. Correct. Correct. You're, you're actually not planning for much except save and retire. But you have to tie it all in. And all of it goes on all the different other parts that exist. We're with Brandon Lehman, CFP, Wealth Manager and Director of Branch Development. We're talking about a financial plan only being as good as the sum of its parts, unbalanced, it's unproductive. How about tax planning? So that dives back into what we just mentioned when you talk investments. Well, it's investment planning, but what are you doing? Is it impacting your tax plan? Do you even know? Have you looked at it? That's the question where you have to tie it all back. Again, in silos, yes, it's good to review. But how does it impact? The biggest question that we probably get from folks, when you think about the accumulators, the younger accumulators especially, maybe 30 to 50 is, well, should I do pre-tax 401k or Roth 401k? And that's about it. And, yeah. and that's the question. Right. And, and my answer is, I don't know. And, and they look at me kind of, well, what do you mean you don't know? Well, it, it depends. And then it, it depends because what is your situation? If we're just looking at it in a vacuum, well, sure, do one of them. But how does the tax plan fit? And that's where tax planning is so important. But again, if you're letting the tax tail wag the dog, now you've gotten away from the rest of the planning you're trying to get done. Yeah. And then the nitty gritty, which is retirement planning. And that's really where you start to need these things. But I'm sure that we've got some people that come into Annex Wealth Management and they've done the investing and they've got an insurance policy and maybe they've got a will, and but it's still not a retirement plan. No, it's not. And in, in a plan is a holistic approach to everything you have going on. It's tying in all of these different components. So the components of the tax, the components of the investments, the components of the insurance, and then the estate. You know, estate is something that most people kind of gloss over because, hey, I did that. But your life has changed over the course of maybe 20 years. My life has changed since the last time I did mine. I haven't done mine in a few years. And now we have three kids. So it's, it's important to sit down and review. But when you look at the retirement plan, how does it all fit in? Because retirement planning is a broad category, but you as an individual household need to have one specific to you. And yours is different. For sure, it's going to be different than anybody else you talk to because everybody's situation is different. We recently talked about the value of an advisor, and an advisor like Annex Wealth Management really ties all this stuff together because somebody comes in and they've got you know an armful of statements and maybe a, an old will that they've got and all this stuff, it needs to get sewn up. Correct. I think that's one of the things I enjoy the most about when we start a relationship with somebody at Annex is it's gathering all those pieces and then finding things and saying, hey, do you remember this? Have you thought about this? And they go, wow, I haven't looked at that in years. A great thing we just went through was an insurance review again with somebody and they go, you know what? I'm not even sure if we still have that. And then they look and they go, oh, wow, it actually is still being drawn from our bank account. Um, but it was a small amount. It, it just It was something where they had seen it, they remembered it. But as we took a deep dive and started going down all these, you could call them rabbit holes, mm -hmm. but that lead to one true plan at the end and say, this is what you need to do based on our recommendations and what we see as a team at Annex. 
I think a lot of people would say, I'm just really too busy. It's not a good time. You can't be too busy. And it is the time. It's always the time. Um, We have a picture in our hallway that talks about, you know, what's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago or today? You know, you got to start somewhere. And I look at that as there's no time like the present. Because if you wait, things can change that you might not have been able to plan for, particularly uh, maybe a layoff, maybe a change in lifestyle, maybe a health issue. So if you can't plan for all that, but you can at least put it together and start discussing it. Put it together, all of it. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. It's a fee-only fiduciary. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brandon Lehman, CFP, Wealth Manager and Director of Branch Development. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to take a quick break, but there's more to come. 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary uniquely equipped to assist with a variety of our clients, greatest generation to millennials, and contained within those groups, though, Generation X. Can't forget them, and that's what we're going to talk about here. To do them, joined by Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, also a CFP and a CDFA. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. Also a Gen Xer. Uh, welcome. Yes, I definitely am. So most of Gen X is not on the doorstep of retirement, but they're in the neighborhood, right? And that means that they should increase their focus and take some definitive steps at this point. Let's talk about Gen X and retirement. Well, so often by the time you are seasoned to an age of 50, let's say, you've learned and incorporated several habits and hopefully less into your financial behavior and and the choices that you make. Now, these can become powerful behaviors that can be built into a financial plan, such as saving into a retirement plan, you know, watching your debt amounts and forecasting what you'll need in retirement. Most Gen Xers are really doing a balancing act, right? They get careers, Mm -hmm. aging parents, college expenses, COVID. It would be natural, but a mistake to put off investment and retirement planning. Absolutely. So while it's natural to want to take care of loved ones, it is a balancing act. As you say, you really need to make sure that that oxygen mask is on yourself first. Make sure that your future needs are realistically met before you can comfortably assist others. Because if you deplete yourself, you could actually end up being a burden on your loved ones. And most people don't want that. Now, in your experience, when somebody hires Annex Wealth Management, are we their first financial advisor? Well, not always. So many times one thinks they need assistance, but they aren't sure how to get the help they need. And most people will just start with investment management. And, you know, Danny, as we know, there are many, many advisors out there who do just that, just investment management. But if that's the only planning that's being done, how do you know if you'll meet your goals or when you will? And that's why the financial plan makes such a difference. Now, in terms of of reassessing risk. That's something that should be done continually from two points of view. First, that risk capacity. So how much time does someone have toward their goal? So if they were going to use a chunk of money in a few months, let's say, to pay college tuition, which I can relate to, or buy a new car, one wouldn't want to subject it to the volatility of the stock market for that particular piece. 
However, if one's looking to retire and then, of course, live past and into retirement, another 20 to 30 years, perhaps, then stocks are needed for growth. Then the allocation depends on the timing of cash flows and the paycheck replacement and where that will come from first. So is it coming from a pension, social security, dividends and interest maybe that are being earned off your investments? The other part of risk is tolerance. Now that we talk about a lot, Danny, that's that visceral reaction a person might have to market swings and that impacts the value of the portfolios. Again, this is where the financial plan comes in too. Many people come to the realization they need to plan as they're gearing up to retirement. I'm the marketing guy, so I'm always curious. For those of our clients who have joined us from somewhere else, what do they say is different about Annex? Well, so I think it's the value of the entire team. All of the CFPs, CPAs, attorneys, planners, all those people who make sure that all the planning is done holistically around all of our clients, the tax planning, retirement planning, budget, even estate planning, business succession planning, executive benefit analysis we do now, analyzing insurance needs, including long-term care, along with those chartered financial analysts. And those are, that's the highest designation a CFA given for a mutual fund manager. Uh, and we do have a former mutual fund manager, of course, who heads the show, Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer. All that team actually watches and manages manages the investments. And this is all in one shop. So instead of a client saying, hey, I have a guy, they actually have an entire company of minds at their disposal, multiple minds assessing client needs. Now that is value added. Mm-hmm. We're with Deanne Phillips, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, talking about Gen X and retirement. COVID changed the target date for a lot of people because of uncertainty. Yeah, some Gen X are sure, and not for the reason you might think. I mean, anecdotally, I'm hearing people say COVID taught them how much they actually liked being around people and interactions of working and missed that in the last year, and they value that, and they don't want to give that up. I'm hearing more of that than actual financial concerns. So they say, what do I do if I retire as we're building a new world and interacting differently with people? And some have work saying they aren't even setting a time for them to return to offices, if ever. So this changes people's social needs. We talk a lot about portfolio analysis done by that financial planning team. It's so important because that's where we can assess things like assets, where those assets are, but also debt. Yeah, now debt, not all debt is bad. Now, older Gen Xers might have heard their parents or grandparents, the greatest generation, say, don't have debt, pay off your house. But in these times of ultra low interest rates, if a portfolio is making more, why pay off the remainder of the mortgage, especially if it's mostly principal you're paying and not interest? So that could be smart debt and could help one stay liquid instead of locking the cash up in the equity of your house. Now, consumer debt, so credit card debt, on the other hand, usually comes with higher interest rates, and that should have a game plan around it in order to pay it off in the most tax-efficient way, especially heading into retirement. Does Gen X need estate planning? Definitely. Now, technically, everyone does. Even that 18-year-old heading off to college for the first time, they're a legal adult. They should have that health care power of attorney or at least an updated HIPAA form in case they have a health care crisis. Their parent can be contacted. However, in different stages of our lives, our estate plan needs change. They can become more complex as we accumulate wealth and our circumstances change. So that's why wills and trusts should be looked at every few years or during a circumstance change. Deanne Phillips of Annex Wealth Management, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. It starts with a call. 
With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Website annexwealth.com and while you're there sign up for the axiom it's our weekly newsletter a lot of really good stuff that we put out and send it out every sunday also check out the annex wealth management youtube channel over 1500 videos we've done and all this content produced by the annex team i'm dave spano president and ceo at annex in the studio with derek felsky chief investment officer derek you know during the break we were chatting about a lot of things and one of them was just gas prices and the other is what we heard from two different CEOs in the retail space. Right. The, the Walmart CEO basically said that the reason they had a, a better than expected monthly result was that people who make more than $100,000 in income were actually going to Walmart sniffing out bargains in the grocery side of the exactly. store, which I thought was really incredible. And then at the same time, you know, Target, which basically misassessed where customer demand was going to be, they had to take a lot of discounting in order to get clear out some inventory. So they reported a, a mixed, a negative result. So it's all over the place in retail land. I mean, people's spending habits have changed, you know, from goods to services. That's caused good producers to have, have weaker quarters. Whereas on the service side, companies tend to be doing pretty well and are able to pass along price increases. In fact, you know, one of the bright spots that I heard this week was that chicken wing prices have actually fallen 62%. They're now below where they were pre-pandemic. So if you go to a local pub and you're paying more for chicken wings, you might want to talk to the proprietor (laughs) about this price gouging. (laughs) Exactly. So we'll have to do that. But, you know, the, the thing about inflation is it can become structural. In other words, stickier. And we've talked about this now for more than a year that some of this inflation is structural and it's going to take a long time for it to go away. So I think the days, Derek, of going back to a 2% target may be years off. And so the Fed has a heavy lift in front of them and they're going to have to watch the data and raise interest rates until we see structural inflation come down. Yeah, and and the challenges they face, you know, when they look at that core PCE, rents are a big component there. And rental listings in the second quarter were 23% higher nationwide compared to the same period in 20. 2019. These are asking prices for new, for new tenants, right? They're not able to pass along those kinds of increases typically to existing tenants. But that just tells you, though, the strength in the housing market has led to higher and higher rental prices, and that's not going to go away anytime soon because those are long-dated contracts. I agree with that. But however, there's two things I want to say about that. Number one is inflation is the rate of change, right? So even though inflation went up, what is the rate of change? And so if it starts to flatten out here, maybe inflation begins to level out. Well, it might lay a level out, but it's still at a higher higher price uh, than you were paying and what you're used to. But the rate of change, inflation. Right. Right. And then the second thing I want to say, Derek, is, you know, you look at where the housing listings are, and a lot of these home uh, sellers are down six, seven months in a row. Right. New home sales are down six, seven months in a row, but housing prices are still up and mortgage rates are up. So housing affordability has gotten worse. And at the same time, builder sentiment has gotten pretty negative. So eventually things resolve themselves. But that's one of the first things that Fed's 
looking at. They need to cause that housing market to cool off. That's right. And you gave me that hope survey uh, that, that was pretty interesting. But this is it, folks. Derek and I are having this debate live here, and that's really what's happening with the Federal Reserve. And there are 1,000 PhDs that they employ, and so they're not sure what's going to happen. And that's the reason why you have to build portfolios. And when we do that, Derek, one of the main things that you look at is free cash flow. Right. And free cash flow is, is basically the ability of a company to, to weather a storm. So when you've got a period where economic growth is slowing, the economy may be weakening, there might be a, a recession overseas, you want companies that are generating cash flow that are, able, that are able to buy back shares, have stocks at reasonably high margins, and can pay dividends. That protects you on the downside. And, and essentially, those are sustainable franchises anyway. Those are the types of companies you really want to own for the long term. That's right. And that is the key is to look at the other side of this economic trough that we're currently in. And that takes a steady hand. And folks, uh, we've been doing this a very long time. So when it comes to investment and retirement planning, it's important that you know what you own and what you're paying for it. There's so many moving pieces when it comes to successful retirement planning, and we can help. AnnexWealth.com. Just click the Get Started button. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. And we're going to talk soon. So go to AnnexWealth.com, sign up for the Axiom. You're going to get a lot of our insights throughout the week. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.